our 20s, there are lots of adulting questions and crises that we come across on a daily basis. It means you're constantly looking for new opportunities. Taking care of your mental health and life balance means you're questioning things like, do I really enjoy being an adult? Does it matter where I live? Am I happy? Is money that important? I'm Bal. I'm Mai. And in this new season, we'll share our thoughts and experiences through our journey to our late 20s. More special guests, more deep conversations. Welcome to the M22 Podcast, Season 2. Hello, Chinese fam. Welcome back to the POV I'm 22 podcast. And this is the second episode of season two. We're really excited today. It's been a long time. <laughs> I don't know what is happening today with both of us, but we're really excited to just get this conversation going and just start off by, you know, how's your week going, Val? I think this week is particularly pretty chill for me. I am, I see people around me very stressed, but I'm not vibing with that at all. I feel like I'm just, maybe I'm struggling with a burnout somehow or i'm just tired you know and i'm just giving myself a break next week i'm having my my final presentation the ce defense and i'm not worried at all i think maybe because i present that already too many times i don't know but the thing is that i'm pretty chill yesterday i went to chill at the beach and that's literally how i'm feeling today too like just want to chill yeah i just want to talk and have this conversation currently it's the final season at Berkeley everybody's trying to finish get to the finish line and I also just finished my thesis defense which was a great relief because that's literally the only thing I mean there are some other things between me and graduation but that's really what we all worked really hard for so that happened this week for a lot of us and the atmosphere around Berkeley's everyone's just trying to hustle trying to finish and everything so we wanted to just sit down and have this conversation about you know what's going on right now but also talking a little bit about our childhood talking a little bit about how we were as kids what what we were taught and some of the things that we learned that wasn't necessarily about career about you know making money about any of these things but really life lessons and the things that it's really about our inner self our inner beauty and working from to build ourselves from the inside i think also it's about life perspective like then and and now so yeah particularly i would start with this is the first time i'm not studying you know like for it's been like what 24 20 probably years like studying and this is the first time there is no plan you know and that makes you question so many things we've been talking a little bit about that but i go back and i think about hey Probably this was one of coming here was one of my biggest goals and dreams. And like, if you want to see it in a cliche way, because, you know, that's that's how kids usually see it. But connecting with your inner child, when was the last time you said like, oh, this is my child coming out right now? You know, I feel like it's so tough because these days I have more often than not put on a professional side of me, put on, you know, just different types of outfits that to impress people or to be in different formal settings when my inner child comes out is when i listen to old songs that i grew up listening to or i would always and i think this will forever be the case be excited to see food and to try new food and always be excited to travel when i was a kid i always looked forward to the summer months when our family would have summer vacations it's really hot in vietnam usually so when summer comes a lot of people just rush to the beaches. We have incredible beaches. And that's when my inner child gets out because I love playing with water. 
I this used to not be the case. I am really, really afraid of water. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad, in order to teach me how to swim, he would take me to the furthest point in in the ocean that he could stand, and then he would just drop me into the water and tell me to swim. So I that's how I kind of learned how to swim is just by trying not to die. <laughs> uh, and you know, I've always loved water in the sense that it brings me peace and it brings me calmness and. It is water connects different continents. It connects people. It connects you know cultures. And when I when I'm able to have time, even in Valencia, to go to the beach, I always look at the beach and I'm like, oh, my my parents are on the other side of it, or like there are other people on the other side of it waiting for me to explore. And that part of the inner child is the desire to explore, the desire to leave the shores of your own land and go to another place. I think that's something that. You know, I'm always and will forever be excited about. That is very sweet. I actually still not feel used to living near the beach. I think that was one of my childhood dreams. Like I, you know, like when you see Hannah Montana and stuff like that, you're like, yeah, I want to live too near the beach, which is like something that you seem so far. But when it actually comes true, it's a weird feeling because you still feel that it's not true, and it takes a while for you to to realize that's your reality now. And I think that's that's part of connecting with our childhood and and our inner child. I think the last time I connected with my inner child, because I I want to keep her alive and I try to keep her alive, even if it's just once every couple of months. But I went to Madrid in April, around April, and I needed actually to take a break. And I've always been a city girl, so I think Madrid really fits my vibe in in that way. And you know, there was this exhibition called Pop Air, which is the Balloon Museum. And I went there with my boyfriend and we were kind of like going through something hard out of our control. And uh, I just was very excited to to go with to that museum with him because I knew that would like bring up a side of us that we probably didn't see on each other, you know. So there was this ball pool and that was one of the best things and the one of the best days I would say for me to this year. Because you definitely and immediately turn into a child again when you are on a huge giant ball pool and you're just around the balloons and you just see the colors and the vibe. And I think your inner child does get excited and, and it's impossible for, it not, for her not to get out, you know? So I think that's one of the most beautiful moments when you realize she's alive and she's mm -hmm. still inside and there's things she's always going to enjoy, you know? So yeah, I think that was one of the nice uh, experience I've had lately and I literally like as a child was like I want to go back there you know like I just I just want to feel that and it's so easy you know like if we compare being a child and now the, the needs we have a child doesn't care about your professional life a child doesn't care about how much money you have a child cares about you listening you giving love to him or her just being around having fun you know, colors of being in a playground and stuff like that. And how can we connect with our inner child now that we're just worried about getting a job, graduation, a professional life? Where are all those priorities we have as a kid, you know? So uh, for me, like that trip bring me to this thought. And I was like, why did I stop just needing love, listening to someone, someone listening to me, um, the admiration part too, and like not caring about or not I do care about getting a job I do care about my professional life but is that the most important thing in my life right now and it's not you know you just want to feel loved and you just want to have fun and you just want to feel that you're completely happiness and plentiful in some way 
but I think just as an adult that blurries a little bit in the in the path you know and this also brings up another memory I have I mean these days I totally forget about my inner child I have no whatsoever time to take care of it but whenever I go to like Asian supermarkets there would always be different types of snacks and I remember when I grew up in Vietnam like you know outside of elementary middle school high school the the gates there would always be small snack stands and they would sell usually like unhealthy types of snacks for kids who have you know little pocket money and in middle school usually at recess i think that's what you call it recess everybody would rush to this this gate and there would be like a little hole and people can just you know put their money in there and ask for what they want and they'll get snack you know the the ladies from outside will give us snacks inside and that always felt like the biggest happiest moment for all of us because we would always combine our money together the little pocket change we have and then rush there get our snacks go in back to class and eat it and like sneak to eat it during classes and i remember having so many good times with my friends every year every semester they would come out with a new snack and we would all be crazy about it to try it it's like some of them are spicy some of them are sour and it was just a really great time and And now thinking back, I do miss the the old days where you don't really have to worry much about money. You know, whatever whatever money you have, you want to spend it on these snacks. You want to spend it on your friends and on having a good time, like getting excited about the small things yeah, in your life. Like that's such a thing that's really needed nowadays. And obviously nowadays it's materialized into something else. Like oh, I need something that's gonna help with my studies. I need you know a new outfit for an interview. So it's much like a very different thing, but I still get excited to try Asian snacks sometimes. That's kind of my little um, cheat from the day. I guess somehow we disconnect from the inner child and we turn a little bit and unwillingly into little materialized style professional things. And again, I think it's about questioning what's the, the most important thing. Were you extrovert or introvert when you were a kid? Oof, I was hella introverted. <laughs> you could not imagine. I was so introverted and maybe that's because of possibly just studying too much. I didn't know how. I mean, I didn't know how how to have fun, but studies was very much emphasized and also playing piano, it required a lot of solitude. It required a lot of alone time and you know, that that didn't mean like I was lonely. I still had friends, but it just meant that when I have free time, I spend it with myself and I felt like it was okay because I kept improving on my craft and I kept doing competitions and these things. So I was really introverted and then college was kind of a pivotal moment for me because I had to move to a different country. The culture was very drastically different. Like you have the Vietnamese culture and then you have the American culture which is open for all. It's like the land where it's like a hot pot of different cultures there. So I had to quickly just adapt to to just be able to fit in to survive to make friends and so i became a little bit of an introvert extrovert if that's a word and then when i came to berkeley and now i'm very much an extrovert i still have the introvert switch because i recharge by staying at home i recharge by watching netflix watching my dating shows and my cooking shows and all these things but i'm very much an extrovert now because i realize that people are not that scary I used to think people were so scary and now I'm just like, well, I think there's an angle to to how you approach people that can make them seem much 
much you know more normal than maybe their title says or how they look or you know whatever so i think now i'm more much more comfortable and open with people and i can just walk up to a stranger hopefully the language barrier can be fixed as i take my language classes but yeah i'm not that afraid anymore what about you I definitely was also very introvert when I was a kid. I guess also like when you get into playing an instrument as an old kid, it's also discipline. So, you know, like my parents always taught me that like studies were first. I always was like seeking to get a scholarships for like the next study. So, you know, I, I think I was pretty, pretty focused. But there was one thing that I really struggled with and it was like talking to people about how I was feeling. And um, that made me like just get a notebook out and start songwriting uh, pretty young. It took me like what probably seven years to start liking a song I, I i wrote especially because as a kid what are you gonna grind about you know like <laughs> but i always had these melodies in my mind I, I just put everything into playing the piano and trying to find new melodies on the piano and just you know like um i was exposed to lucky for me and I, i'm sure you probably too like to the recitals so when you had this show and you had to play or sing in front of people i think it kind of helped me and i and i enjoyed the feeling of pushing myself into doing something in public so the only times that i was an extrovert was when i was performing and also you know like in my elementary school we had these like talent shows and i i never had like singing classes until i was in high school but at that time when i was like around i don't know seven ten years old i didn't care at all and like on stage i was a completely different person and i always compared myself to that ball you know like on stage and why am i like so quiet I, why am i not like approaching people that much I, I think I just never like cared about fitting into the cool kids vibe and like, you know, I think I, I was just always trying to be on my own. And if I was with one or two friends that were really close and trustful and honest, I think I would appreciate that. You know, again, like it was a priority of me, like having people that made me feel loved and listened to me. And I did the same thing for them, you know. So, yeah, I think I relied a lot on songwriting somehow for everything. The most dystopian thing you can imagine, like, uh, I think everything was on those notebooks. I think, like, from my third grade of elementary school to the fifth grade, I think I, I completely filled, like, three notebooks and, and had, like, more than 100 songs that I didn't like, but I just put everything in there. So I think, like, it took me a while and people, like, started to question somehow, like, hey, what are you writing? I was like, yeah, I'm just writing a song. So. People started to get curious about it, but I was not also wanting to show, you know? Mm -hmm. So they usually, guys, when they want to bother you, took the notebook out from me and, and, and ran and started reading it. And I was too ashamed. I was too ashamed, you know? It's not that they even had a, a name and a, and a last name, you know? Like, but it's like, it's like an invasion to your privacy somehow. And I think that didn't help at all to make me an extrovert. But then I think I started losing the to be scared like I stopped being scared and I started showing them to a couple of friends so I started to get support on that so I that somehow helped me believe that I could have a good skill or I could develop a good skill because I knew I was not like good enough you know so it, it did help a lot and the, the most fun thing I remember is that when you get close to your 15 years old and 15 sweet 15 because that's what we have in Mexico not the 16 party at that point you're definitely an extrovert already I, I think there's there's no way I had my boy gang and I was bullying my friends and they bullied me and uh, some of them called me bully and they still do, you know. But I, I just realized that with the right people, everyone is extrovert. That's true. I remember having a group of friends in middle school and then a group of friends in high school. 
And since you mentioned the topic of talent shows in our high school, that was all, quite big, actually. I was in, in this, um, got into the school that was pretty, pretty big in our country. And what the school was famous for is like kids doing extracurricular activities. And each class, I'd say, was responsible for some, some sort of fun activity. And so in my 11th grade, I was in the class that was doing the, I think the talent show. And then in my 12th grade, I was in the class that did the, the, um, the theatrical, the musical. Yeah. So we did a musical based on bars. It was called Bars the Musical. I could not tell you what it was based on, but it was some, some like actual legit musical. <laughs> it will come to me later. But I remember those times like working on these shows. It was kind of my first, I guess, venture into organizing anything or even being interested in music in the sense that you have to be actively, you know, engaged in it, not as so much as a performer and sitting and performing, but being more, you know, on the production team yeah. and doing things. So I remember I was, I wasn't a great dancer, but somehow I was on, on the, the dance team. Please do not dig up my past, but I did dance for a little bit. And it was just, it made me realize that this is so much fun when you're, you know, collaborating with other people and making music and doing the stuff with other people. And it's very similar to when you're just making music, but this is when you're combining dance and choreo and then you have to, you know, combine all the acts together, making sure all the actors are saying things and singing. And there's so much that goes into a musical and into a theater piece that I learned from my years just doing extracurricular activities and I'm really grateful for my high school experience. It was definitely very very hard and very tough because it's one of the best schools in the country. I right now in in the Vietnamese media there's stuff circulating about, you know, do you need to be in we call it like the gifted schools to to be a good person, to actually make it in your career and I I mean, I'm glad that I made it into it because my mom just somehow one day she's like i believe in you i think your grades can make it into this school so i'm gonna sign you up i didn't know about the name of this gifted school or whatever so i went and i took the exam and somehow i did fine enough to get myself in um so a lot of the the things that happen in my life is luck but then a lot of things is i feel like there was i guess like some somewhere someone was guiding me that i needed to be involved in these types of more creative extracurriculars i mean i could have been in like the computing club or like the engineering club or whatever you call it but i it kind of guided me into these sort of creative classes and creative activities and now it's you know it's really shaped a lot of my fundamental experiences and back then it was purely just fun like there was no risk to oh you being a bad dancer on stage you know but now there is much more of a risk if you're like because you're on much bigger production, you're working with actual professionals, and hopefully in the future we'll be putting on like big, big shows. It's just those days were definitely really fun, and I, I can't believe this kind of dug up that past in me that I had. I have, you know, this thought about when you're curious as a kid of an area or an industry, which in our case was music, because uh, I remember I did like ballet and jazz. Uh, classes and I did perform as a dancer when I was four years old, four to six, because at the age of five, I just was trying to convince my mom that I wanted to play a piano. And you know, when you're a kid, you want to be everything. Like you want to play the piano, you want to learn how to play the guitar, you want to learn how to play the... 
I always wanted to to play the drums, like, <laughs> and and also like keeping dancing. But sometimes it's not possible to do everything at the same time. So in my case, I had to to choose, you know. But I realized that, and I and I still really vibe with this. I always say this to to some friends: is what you wanted to be as a kid, it doesn't go away completely. You know, for me, I just realized that people just ignore it, but you're always curious about it because if 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 it's something that it's really in your mind and as a kid you truly want and you're curious about it, I mean, I'm still in the music industry somehow, you know? It's very important for me to be conscious about that and what I wanted to be as a kid. Maybe it transformed or maybe I'm still doing my music not as a full-time thing, but I'm still doing my music and I'm still marking on as complete some of the dreams I had as a kid. And I think that's a very important thing to do because... Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't own anything to yourself on your past, you know, and I I don't think that that's how life works. But I think it's still there deep inside of you, that curiosity and that things that you probably abandoned and you didn't want to at that moment. And if you go back to them, you still will realize that you actually enjoy them. And I, I think that's that's why, like now as an adult, I am trying to to do all those things that I wanted to do as a kid, too, you know, and studying makeup besides and like why why would i study makeup it's just part of of the things that i enjoyed and and feel attracted as a kid and when you have the opportunity later on you kind of still feel tempted to do it you know and i think that's why i am pretty much like this and then i'm just looking forward to learning another language learning to be a, now a stylist you know like i feel attracted to so many different things that somehow connect to each other but i totally see that That was something that I was aspiring as a kid too. So I, I, I feel that I've been very faithful mm-hmm. to my inner child somehow in that way. How do you feel about that? Oof, um, I, I don't really remember what I dreamt growing. I feel like every year I changed my mind on what I want to do based on what drama I was watching. If I was watching a doctor drama, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Not saving the Grey's Anatomy drama. <laughs> Not that, but. And then if I was watching like, oh, teacher, I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I want to be a teacher and like all this stuff. So it changes all the time. But I knew that I, I, I did not like maths. I did not like natural sciences. I am so sore to all the Asians out there. I just can't like I've never really wanted to. I just never really vibed with it. Um, so it was more like, what can I like? What do I like doing that will not kill me? Like <laughs> that would not kill me and kill my grades right now. And it was just all the subjects that was not natural sciences. So I kind of just really paid more attention to those things and gravitated towards the subjects that I, I did really good at in class that people were like, oh, you know, like go ask my for help if you need whatever, whatever. And so that's kind of where I landed with languages, with natural, not natural science, maybe more like geography. I was pretty good at geography and history and music was a, a thing as well. So It was just more like the subjects that made sense to me that I thought was even necessary in my life um, that I the focused on more. <laughs> no, yeah, I, it was just like about like the dreams you had as, as a kid and what you wanted to be as a kid and if it relates to what you're now. So I think it, it kind of does somehow. Like if you started early with the piano and you're still in the industry, somehow it's it never goes away, I think so. And I think that also, like, because in our parents' generation, I think it was easier to, like, sacrifice those dreams, you know, because of the culture and, like, how it was meant to be for them somehow. But I can totally tell that my mom still feels curious about the things she felt curious when she was a kid, too, you know. Mm-hmm. 
and my brother too like he's still like he was always obsessed with legos and star wars and he's still obsessed with that and, and even if he's an engineer he still loves this part of construction and like having them around so and and that's how i think it is important to find an activity at least sometimes in a month you know it doesn't have to be that often but i think it is very nice to find an activity that reminds you of who you were as a kid and just like connects you again with what you tr truly need and out of the professional and material life because as an adult and i didn't ask to be an adult but i'm here and i'm stuck already it's too late <laughs> i've been saying that a, a lot lately it's just like the priorities or the way or the perspective we have of life definitely changes within time but i think it's it also comes from conscien consciousness And maybe I'll, I'll kill the mood a little bit, but I think it's very important to go also in a deep way, you know, because as a child, well, at least I grew up in a small, small house, kind of like an apartment thing. And I remember that I grew up being a very emotional person. Like, you know, it was so easy for me to be deeply sad and then out of nowhere be deeply happy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this like, yeah, so this, these swings and this, um, how, how to say, like abrupt changes does affect and that's still that's something that you carry away to your adulthood i think i'm still very emotional i think i still like cry so easily i think i still i always say to people that i'm a sponge if someone around me that i love is it's not feeling good it's it's upset about something i absorb that and i'm upset too you know and i think that's also part of the empathy but somehow i think that it also depends on how you were educated on how you grew up in your house because it's there's two ways whether you don't care or, or you're truly there or you're in a midpoint and the midpoint for me doesn't exist at all um so yeah i was talking to paula paula is, is my therapist and you'll probably meet her soon hopefully <laughs> and i was telling her these things that i just remember myself too often and maybe a really dramatic image but i was the kind of girl that when i was very sad i just went to my room Uh, sit on the floor and I don't know like reflect about the whole thing my whole life and what was I doing and what I wanted and my needs but I couldn't communicate that to people mm -hmm. either you know so I was I was telling her about these things that I, I I think I'm very emotionally attached to those sad dark moments as a child you live and she made me do like an exercise and I, I want to share it with you and I'll and I'm Yeah, you, I'm gonna I'm gonna make make you do it. So this is gonna be nice. So yeah, people, twenties fam and my, think about one of the hardest moments or the uh, a sad moment that you feel very emotionally attached. That is the first thing you're probably gonna think about at this moment. You know, close your eyes, picture yourself as a kid and how you were feeling. You were probably alone in your room. You were probably just on the bathroom, you know, or maybe in the school. But you were just very upset about something. And somehow feeling a little bit alone and misunderstood, probably. So what do you need in that moment? And I go back to the same thing. Is it love? Is it someone who listens to you? Is it someone who gives you a hug and tells you that everything's gonna be fine? So you're there seeing your child version of you. And you actually are able to interact with that child. So in this moment, you have to decide what are you going to tell to that kid? Are you going to tell that everything's going to be fine? Are you going to just give a hug? What is the need that you had in that specific moment? And this exercise is about forgiveness somehow. 
So the way you're thinking that you would react and the things that you would say to that child, which is you, that's how you make the, the peace with this event and the peace with yourself. So look at now, where are you? Say goodbye to your old child. <laughs> and that is something that honestly, that is how you detach. Is that, that the, the right word? Yeah. To like a small trauma or a small event that emotionally attached you to something that maybe you didn't deserve or maybe it was not well handled, but it was still not your fault. And for me, at least, and probably for you too, because I know you're also like, we're kind of similar in the way we see life. It is very easy to carry this baggage because it's our history of moments that affected us and made us the way we are. But the way we are for me is still a decision. So, you know, like making the forgiveness part of it all also as a kid is very important because it does projects in your relationships, in your friendships, with your family, in your professional life. So you decide how much weight you're carrying on this baggage, you know, I, I like to see it like that. So the more you go back and make and forgive yourself about the things and realize where are you now, I think that's something very beautiful. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that little moment i think i really needed it it actually brought me to middle school um weirdly because i remember one of the moments that i was i guess mad at myself but also kind of proud that i was pretty sneaky about it was in middle school i was really into k-pop because everybody around me was listening to k-pop and back then k-pop for me was the like highlight the best time it was the time where music was just pure pop. It was so fun. And, you know, there was no dramas between any of the groups. And I remember my dad giving me the Sony Walkman for my birthday gift. It was a pink Sony Walkman. And I was really, really proud of it. I would bring it to class every day. And it was like one of my most treasured things. And back then, I did tap into the piracy period. I think every kid has gone through that period. But I you know, we would have our, our Vietnamese websites where every day I would go and I would download every single new song coming out from Korea. Like literally every song from soundtracks to releases to like literally people who were in their 40s releasing music in their 10s releasing music. I downloaded everything. And maybe that's how I got into just being really invested in in a certain type of music and a certain culture is through I just wanted to hear everything that was coming out from this country. And so I would download everything. I would load it onto my Sony Walkman and I would listen to it. And then the next day, I would do the same thing by deleting all the songs I did not like the day before, downloading a batch of new songs. Now thinking about it, I was kind of crazy. I have no idea how I did it. And so I, like my, my Sony would be packed with music. But my dad, sorry dad, I'm mentioning you too much, but he was very strict. Like for some reason, he was he just didn't see the potential that K-pop had back in the 2010s. And he was like, why are you listening to this stuff? It's rubbish. You should be listening to US, UK to practice your English, this and that. And so I would and he would sometimes take my Walkman and he would be like, delete all these K-pop songs or I'm going to delete it for you. So you know what I came up with? And eventually he found out anyways, because, you know, who can outsmart my dad? But I, I took these songs, I renamed them into some random ass uh, English songs and I would listen to them or I would put them into 
a folder that was deeply stored into one of these like list of songs and in that folder there'd be a bunch of k-pop songs so that's how i kind of got away with it and then one night i was just like in my bed like listening to music i was like vibing and you could see like my blanket just like up and down and then my dad was like what are you doing it's midnight you should be sleeping why are you listening to music you're listening to that k-pop thing again and then he took my walkman and he deleted all my k-pop songs and oh my gosh i think that was genuinely the first time i felt my heart break it was no boys it was like no drama it was just my songs being taken away from me and maybe that's when i realized like oh my gosh i really had a connection with these this this device this song or like just having like an ownership of like some of my best songs like having this playlist it's like you curated this spotify playlist but it was on like an old walkman and you had it in your hands oh my gosh i felt my heart crushed like i kid you not and then eventually you know i got past that phase and now k-pop's a big thing and i get to go back to my dad and said look at see i i'm right all along there was so much potential this you can see how k-pop is taking over the world bts blackpink this and that and he's like yeah 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 i see you and he keeps going but i had to do that so to make you this person you are today so i mean it's kind of like a funny story and now i'm digging it up i feel like wow it is one of the first moments where i felt like there was that actual connection with music and with mp3s and with these physical products that nowadays you you don't really have anymore it's more like everything is on tablets and maybe maybe in the future ai will just read your mind and curate your playlist who knows but that was really back in the childhood days something i really prize like my prized possession i would tell my friends like listen to my walkman this is a new song i really liked or if i was watching k-dramas on tv i would go crazy i mean obviously about the drama itself but about the soundtrack there were some classic soundtracks that every time i wanted to tap into my old self i would always listen to like boys over flowers city hunter these types of things my ogs will know it but those were the things that i guess really take me back to the days when i was a kid and i was rebellious in i guess now if i think about in the smartest way possible that's very nice and and i and i do feel like i also had a really connection to the physical devices to listen to music like i couldn't go to the mall and go back home without a new cd and I think I still have them though. Like I, I'm so attached to the physical music because as a kid, I was more excited about that than for mm-hmm. toys, you know? So I think that's something again that evolves to something else throughout your life. And you're still always listening to music and vibing. And I, I can totally <laughs> still see that even if we're about to have a meeting, you know, you just can't help it. Or if we're working on a project, you just can't help it because it's yeah. part of you already. So yeah, that, that is very, very sweet. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, connecting and going back and there are some things that you don't always have in mind but i think in this episode we've been digging a lot into like <laughs> some behaviors that we we used to have i grew up surrounded by boys my well my oh, my older brother is three years older so you know he used to like really different things than, than me but then like my mom's best friend has also two kids and one is like my age and the other one is my brother's age so i grew up around them and it's really interesting because I also got into the video game side. I also got into the engineering side somehow and I ended up being an engineer <laughs> without wanting to really, but I ended up enjoying those things too. I think what defines us also as a person 
really involves the people that are around you as a kid too, you know? And I feel that the people I was surrounded by as a kid and that type of person, the inner beauty I saw in those people and the qualities or like as you want to call them. Because for me, and honestly, it's not about like the physical things, the physical qual. Um, how do you call it? Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. It's it's not um it's not that important. As a kid, all you want is be plentiful and happy, and you surround yourself with people like that, mm -hmm. and you don't want to talk to friends that are not you're not vibing with like at all. You're a little more exclusive and more obvious. So I think this also translates somehow to the type of people you have around you. And that also defines you somehow, not directly, but it does define how you actually want to be as a person and who you want to be. So talking about those qualities and inner beauty, what's your perspective about that? What do you look in a friend, in a partner? Mm. I feel like we all have this makeup of what an ideal partner is, right? Yeah. But we don't really have any idea of like oh what qualities do we want in our friend or we yeah. i mean we just approach people and like oh i vibe with you let's like let's be friends but for me i think for me to have a friend that i call bestie or someone that i trust i think there are maybe three qualities that i could think of that's really important to me the first one is you know their kindness i'm really i'm a really kind person myself sometimes i put others before for myself when it comes to work, when it comes to, you know, time, like I, I let them take away my time and waste my time. And so that's not a good thing. So whenever I see someone who's kind, who is, you know, just genuinely kind because they want to help others, they're kind for offering their service, they're kind for offering, you know, their, their ears, their leaning shoulders, and especially their time, because now time is of essence. Everybody's running out of time. Like, you know, we just need more hours in our day. But if someone is there and willing to listen to my problems, even if it's just five, 10 quick minutes or, you know, just willing to, you know, have lunch with me, have dinner with me or sometimes traveling uh, with me. I know it's it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of planning. And sometimes people are not really up for it. There are a lot of people like I want to travel. I think 100 percent people in the world will say they want to travel. They want to explore things. But when it comes down to the actual act of going to the airport or like doing it, it's just a different type of person. So I really, you know, I really cherish those who are, are kind and, you know, are willing to share and spend time with me. And then second is someone who has a very open perspective on life. It could be, you know, career. It could be you know, all the social issues, could be sexuality. It could be literally anything. But as long as that person is open and willing to learn and willing to talk a little bit about the differences and the nuance of a lot of the things that's going on in life because when when you're trying to be an adult things are gray it's not black and white and pink purple whatever it's a lot of gray area and in order to grow you need to have deep conversations so when i'm able to find some people that can have conversations literally about i don't know sharks or like fans like i'm just making things up i don't talk about <laughs> sharks and fans but you know those times of things i really cherish that in someone and then the last thing is just you know someone who is adventurous it not in a sense like you have to like do paragliding you know all these things but just in the way they approach life you know they're not afraid to take risks 
in their careers. They're not afraid to just walk up to someone if they really have to in in certain situations, or they're not afraid to even, for example, in life and death situations. I feel like that's the moment when it really tests your friendship. You know how you can you trust this person with your life? Like can like you know do they know? Um, who is closest to you so they can call like you know they're do they know your parents do you trust them to, to introduce them to your parents like these kinds of things I feel like you know I do want a few people in my life and I feel like you know I really love you and I feel like we're on that level is you know when we're in those situations where God knows what what's going to happen COVID happened to all of us yeah. right so having those people who you know have your back are able to support you on many levels and you know, that you can maybe even trust when you're, you know, not feeling your best health wise. I think that's a really important person. That's, that's very nice. I totally vibe with that. I would just add probably like two more things, yeah, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cause we are very similar as you can see. And I think that's why we like stick together in, in many ways. But for me, you know, I've been always called ambitious and I've been, I've been very redundant about that. But I like people that no matter what, get happy about your success and you get happy about them in a very genuine way. And that there is no comparison point. Like it, it really comes from the love and the friendship that you're happy about other people and you're going to be there if, if, there's, if there's something wrong too. So you have these two sides, you know. Um, I really appreciate that. And I think that's something that I sometimes struggle just to have like a lot of close friends because there's always this thing that breaks something like inside me or it breaks my heart somehow but I think I'm the kind of person that gets like really proud about my friends and like if we both have you also have like ambitious goals and like I'm always happy to see where you're going and I wouldn't genuinely feel pressure about me not getting somewhere you know so I think that's something that is very important and of course honesty and this comes like in friendships and like in relationships too. For me, like if there's something that bothers me from someone else, I'm going to come in and tell that person. I'm going to say, my, I don't buy with this at all. And like, how are we going to work it out? And I'm coming to you to tell you because I care, you know? And I usually tell that friends the day I don't come to you might be a little late for me already because I, I don't care anymore, you know? So I, I think friendships and relationships are about working together and finding the midpoint in all ways because you need to vibe and you need to to feel plentiful around the people you you love and you're loved by so i think that's uh, the things that i would also consider that are very important like i appreciate people coming and telling me hey this is not right you're not doing this right hey i i didn't like that what you said because i appreciate and i realized that there's things that i also want to work for me but also for the people i love you know so i think that's that's how i i would i would see it too so yes, so we went really, really deeply. I, I don't know, like sometimes we say like, yeah, we're going to do something very, very fun. But I guess we're just like sometimes too emotional and too like Maya has really fun stories about her dramas. And every time we come to set up, I'm just going to say this. She has a different story. So we're just setting up, catching up in the drama side. And it's just very funny because we sit and we're completely out of drama out of yeah. nowhere like i came here and, and was like what happened yesterday what happened yesterday you know <laughs> yeah we're both like what happened with you yeah. and, and honestly like i woke up and i was like i'm not feeling very well i might not be able to record the a podcast I was like, tomorrow hi not feeling good yes and i was like hi same should we reschedule the podcast but somehow this always brings us back to ourselves and in the, in the good mood so that's something that is very important for us and 
if you get to this point, we really appreciate you listening to us. And um, we hope you are having the best of your times right now. And if not, remember, it's okay not to be okay. Sometimes mm -hmm. we go through that a lot of times too. But make sure you have a support system that your inner child would love to have back then and would be proud to see you happen right now. Yeah. I mean, go get ice cream, go to the beach. What else did we say? Listen to some music. Just do everything. I feel like when you're listening to this podcast, we want you to have fun with us. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of things that's universal in what we're trying to say. But there might be also things that are specific to you or things that, you know, you want to share with us. So definitely send us messages. Let us know what, you know, you guys are thinking. And that would definitely enrich our community and make us better host for you and you know let's keep this going guys thank yeah, you yeah thank you so much so see you next episode bye bye